welcome to a podcast on queer folks' favorite tunes. This is Queer Sounds. My name is Hannah. My pronouns are they, them. Today, my guest. Hi there, best. How are you doing today? Great. Um, Swadika is a Thai way how to say. Swadi. <laughs> Hello, right? Swadika. And yeah, and ka is just like an honorable term when when Thai people use, use it to, to make the... the <laughs> Oh my God! To make the sentence more polite, but it's also um, embedded with the gender role. Right. Yeah. So crap is for women, but crap is for men. But whatever. Yeah, <laughs> I I usually just stick to saying suadi because I want to avoid, you know, all of the the gendered honorifics. Like I could say suadi crap or suadi ka, but you know, I'm 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 just gonna leave that gender out, and I don't feel like if it if it would it be rude if I would just say it like that. Like just suadi. No, it's totally fine. But like the elder, like if I'm so young, like I'm in the school and I say suadi to like eighty years old person, he would think it rude. But if we are friends, it's totally fine. Say if I would be meeting my girlfriend's parents and I would just say suadi to them, like would kind of probably gonna but raise you are some foreigner, Probably they're gonna understand that. Okay, fair. Yeah, I'm just gonna play the I'm white card. All right. Um. We're we're diving right into this conversation. Holy shit! Um, so, um, would you please tell the dear listener what are your pronouns? Yeah. So my name is Best, and Best is actually my nickname. My full name is Chisunupong Nitiwana. It's very long, very hard, and my pronoun is she/her. I'm thinking that sometime I could call myself, or people could use they them as well. All right. Cool. But, uh, dear listener, this is aimed at you for a second. Like, um, for some reason, uh, you may have m- mentioned from the beginning of this conversation already, um, for some reason, when it comes to, like, non-American and non-European guests, um, they're always quite highly educated, like, very academic people. Um, so, if you've got any suggestions from different corners of life, get in touch through at queersounds.com uh, slash contact or at queersoundspod on Twitter. Um but yeah, for now, um, best. Why? Do, why do you think like my my guests are who are like either not from the U.S. or not from Europe? They always tend to be academic people. Um, is that just because you're the ones who've got a platform, or how would what are your thoughts? Oh, interesting question, though. <laughs> um, what I think is, I think right now, okay. I'm going to be very academic as well to answer this question. So in the bachelor degree, I done the research on the promotion of the LGBT right in the international level, right? So I think recently um, LGBT right have central in the advocacy in the international state and a lot of country, especially Asia, are, you know, LGBT rights are very popular right now. People are starting to identify themselves with the English adopting word like gay, like lesbian, like transgender. Actually, when I was young, I have no idea like what is transgender or lesbian or gay. And I think maybe after I finished this, the high school, people start using the, the word. And I was born in the urban city like Chiang Mai or Bangkok where be able to, you know, we are such a privilege that we learned that those terms. 
And I'm such a privilege that I have my English skill to learn more about it. So that's why it's come to the, you know, middle middle point with that. Like it's like a crash cross the point that yeah, my knowledge just meet the way that international community are starting to, you know, sharing this information. So we have the same information, things like that. Right. So it's kind it of a cross. <laughs> yeah, no, it absolutely makes sense. It's not, it's like on the crossroads between, you know, being, uh, uh, being aware of what me as a Dutch English speaking person knows from queer culture and also, you know, uh, people in Thailand actually, you know, speaking English and reading the English text about it. And so it's not just a uh, academic thing on gender basis, but also like on, on based on language, um, because yeah. it totally makes sense. Like if I will, if I'm looking for new guests, I usually just start Googling like queer initiative Thailand or something like that. And then I'll end up wherever. And, you know, it's also it already starts with me putting in a Google search in English. So yeah, yeah, no, that absolutely makes sense. Before we dive too deep in this conversation, because I feel like we're eager to get going here, um, let's actually play some music. The Greatest Love of All by one of the greatest singers of all, Whitney Houston. I believe the children are our future. Teach them well and let them lead the way. Show them all the beauty they possess inside. Give them a sense of pride to make it easier. Let the children's laughter remind us how we used to be. Everybody searching for a hero. People need someone to look up to. I never found anyone who fulfilled my needs. So I learned to depend on me. I decided long ago never to walk in anyone's shadows. If I fail, if I succeed, at least I live as I believe. No matter what they take from me, they can't take away my dignity. Five minutes in its full glory. The Greatest Love of All by Whitney Houston, a track released 1985. You uh, best made some, uh, sent, sent me a little description with every song you send in. Um, this one, you know, specifically aimed at your childhood, obviously. 
being a only child. Uh, I'm kind of struggling to see the link between Whitney Houston and being an only child. So take it away. Um, I think the relics, if I understand correctly, as a tie. <laughs> <laughs> the no really said itself, the like, like I believe the students are future, and and teaching will let them lead the way. So I was born in Thai Chinese family, right? And it seems like most of the Asian family have a great expectation toward a male family member, and was being a male member in the family where I have a lot of <laughs> male relatives and cousins. I was. A lot, um, how to say, pressure and being compared, you know, to be successful. For example, like you need to learn these languages, you need to learn science, you need to do this, you need to study that. And this song just remind me to, you know, just the ideal family that I want to to live in, where they just give my give me opportunity to live my life. As I wish, like have my life as I want at that time. Yeah. So, however, when I was young, I didn't have a chance to, you know, leave myself as a a transgender or anything like that. I think the thing is very contradict contradicting that I didn't aware of myself at that time since I was young, like ten, um, fifteen, something like that. I didn't know about. LGBT community or <laughs> any gender or sexual diversity at all. I didn't know myself that I attracted to any gender until one day I realized that I love to, you know, you know, do the cross dressing performance, and I feel like why I started to hide something from my family, especially some clothes, you know, <laughs> some female clothes, thing like that. Yeah, that was the the moment that I started to, you know. It's, Having a distance away from my family, especially my identity. What is like the cultural context in this? Um, the 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 pressure to perform is one thing, but um, you could say that it doesn't like matter whether you're like an only son, an only uh, only daughter, or like whatever only child, because that pressure is going to be there, right? Yeah. So it's okay. Um, let me elaborate this nicely. <laughs> Hope I could do it. So, um, Thai Chinese family they really have a high expectation toward male family member because they think that this person was you know extended the family and give the glory to the last name or what's that called the family name, right? However, um, I was. Uh, more pressure because I don't have any male brother or sister. It seemed like that pressure are all the way to myself at that time that I have to be the best in the school, have to be the best in my family, things like that. And usually compared to other cousins where they are so smart, some of them are are very good at science. Some of them like all A in the grade, things like that. And that kept me to be. In the role or gender role, where I could not be other things than what my family expected, until I found myself. So, um, from the way I understand it now, um, it was specifically your realization, "Oh, dang, I'm queer," that kind of threw everything off track. Um, the the, prof- the 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 pressure to perform academically. 
was that an issue for you at all? Because from what I've gathered, you're a pretty smart person. I could feel like even from a young age, you could get along quite easily in school. Was that is that true? Not at all. There are there are a lot of spectrum of being smart in Thai. Right. <laughs> so people are gonna judge me if I say this. <laughs> so previously, I was grown up in that society where they think that people who are successfully academic. In terms of like science field, like if you pursuing a medical faculty, if you pursuing engineer, science, you are a smart person. But if you pursuing like art faculty, your art field of study, you just like maybe lower things like that. So when I'm doing a master or even a bachelor degree on political science or social science, people in Thai or Asian society must. Wondering, like, what are you going to do in the future? Like, you know, things like that. That's hilarious. Well, I don't think hilarious is the right word for it. But it's like uh, when you when you're becoming an engineer, people think highly of you. But political science, that's useless. Am I right, folks? Like that feels like those two things feel so close together when it comes to like work pressure or like academic pressure or you know workload. That's the word I'm looking for. The, the let's let's actually get this back to music like was Whitney Houston um the soundtrack to you know you living your uh your your closeted queer life uh, getting getting straight A's or am I supposed to see that in a different context um actually quite true because um I was born 1995 right when I growing up the internet things start to be Huge at that time. I I scored down my computer and look up to the MTV, look up to the YouTube, and you know queer pop culture. I started to be things that helped me embrace myself, especially you know any diva in general. With whether it's be Whitney Houston, Lady Gaga, Beyonce, or any like diva sensation like. American Next Top Model, things like that. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, those things are something that we could, you know, express myself and you know look up to. I remember that we, like, all my queers. I so I I want to say the word. Um, so there is a term in Thai we call gatoi. Previously, people um say it because it is like a stigmatized word to calling anybody who was. Not belonging to the general when they don't cannot categorize this person is male or female they will say this person a gatoi, but yeah at that time we call ourselves gatoi because like it's more like subculture term you know, so my gatoi friends we usually perform to be like each person choose to be one diva and at the time it chose <laughs> to be Rihanna and another one was like Britney Spears another one was Lady Gaga things like that so we remember that was so fun and those pop culture are something that we could express ourselves so from there um, your music taste kind of stayed pretty consistent like when from from a young age watching Whitney Houston on MTV to Lady Gaga a couple of decades later the what what do you actually listen to like on a day-to-day basis you mean now or at, yeah, at that you, time you 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 wake up in the morning you 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 make yourself some breakfast what is the music you listen to oh my god i shouldn't say this but say it <laughs> say it so 
you know, there is some application that you can um, set any um, music to be the alarm. So my alarming music for in the morning is the Beyonce Coachella. So, oh wow! So I'm gonna be like all the time. So I'm gonna be like orchestra things like help me to waking up, and you know. <laughs> That's so empowering. Like you wake up in the yeah. morning, the first thing you hear is this big fanfare, and you think, "Yes, this is the energy I'm going to match today. I'm going to mind the cliche, run this motherfucking world." Yeah, that's 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 me. <laughs> All right, yeah, it it I'm I'm not surprised to be honest. You do ra radiate that that energy. So, how did the musical development go from there? Like, what, for example, would your parents be listening to in your home? Oh, yeah. So, yeah, that that's one thing that very interesting when you mentioned about that. So. I just realized when I started to drive, <laughs> this is a little bit out of the context. And then my friend from high school sit in my car, sat in my car, and then realized that why are you listening to Thai song all of the years? I have known you. I never heard that you listen to Thai song. It was very surprising. And then I realized why because the car radio is just turning on just Thai music. <laughs> right. But when I was young, I listening like all. International music, not just Thai. So my parents usually listen to like Thai or song things like that, and I never, you know, um, indulged. You call it that, right? Like indulged. In how you pronounce it? Indulge yourself in in Thai music. Yeah, maybe something like along those lines. I never indulge myself to to those music at all, and sometimes it's it's quite how to say. Oh my gosh! So some song is really replicate the gender role in Thai society. Like men cannot cry; we are so strong. Like right. nationalism, things like that in the song. And somehow I feel like I don't like this song, and I get away and put on some headphone and listen to you know the queer international song. <laughs> All right, so it kind of is. Um... There is a link between the high expectations and the music you're listening to, in the sense that, all right, you are. We have decided for you that you're a guy, so you should like this uh, military testosterone-fueled music, whereas you're just going to put on your headphones and listen to Beyonce or Lady Gaga. Yeah, yeah, true, true. All right, um, how would you see the, the link between academic pressure and the music that you listen to? Do you do you think there's even a link there? It's a little bit of a reach, I know, but yeah, actually, I cannot find the re the real connection from that. But I think, uh, you know, the music's always be something that I can get away from, you know, the academic high expectation, things like that. And all right, yeah. So it's it's music is a safe space. It's not like you know, for example, with high academic uh, expectations also come high cultural expectations where you a should be listening to um i don't know like Mahler or whatever classical artist that's considered high culture or um traditional thai folk music from the i from whenever that's considered high culture but it the you actually had pop music as a safe space if i'm allowed to summarize it correctly like that yeah, yeah, you can summarize it, like it, that. Is, is, um, is that a correct interpretation, or am I am I just bending your words into a way that aren't actually true anymore? No, no, it's true. I just suggesting 
I'm just like there is something that came up to my mind. So when I mentioned about the the song that my parent listening to, we can see the spectrum. Um, I've come back to this again. The spectrum of the music in Thai or even the music in general and how Thai people perceive about that. When it's come to the live music, is you know it, I think it's more masculinity where the singer have to be like very you know aggressive or something like that. And the thing is that we're never seen any queer artists, queer singer. Maybe there is, but they would never be popular in those industry. But in the national music, we can see the people like us getting a space on the stage, whether they are a singer, whether they are a dancer, things like that. So even in in the school, I didn't have a chance to hold the mic and really sing. We only have a chance to lip sync. <laughs> Right. <laughs> yeah, I think it's about time to get into one of the examples of queer artists, a artist that obviously we've had in this podcast before. But <laughs> yeah, uh, who am I to deny some Lady Gaga on my show? There we go, a trickled hair. When I burn, I'm dressed cool, my parents put up a fight. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And if I'm hot, shot, mama cut my hair at night. In the morning, I'm short of my identity. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I spent the moment down walking. I be who I wanna be. Uh-huh, to be. Uh-huh. I just wanna be myself and I want you to love me for who I am. I just wanna be myself and I want you to know I am my hair. I've had enough.
picked this one because this might be my favorite Lady Gaga tune for some reason. Uh, and that some reason is obviously the saxophone solo. But why did you specifically pick this track called Hair? Actually, if you think of um, the creativity within Gaga, you would think of Born This Way. And people <laughs> will be like, a thousand hundred million time playing this song <laughs> and the reason i choose this song because it's really at, at actually the at the first moment that this song released i was not really you know impressed by the song itself but <laughs> when i yeah listen to this song when i starting to you know transitioning as a transgender person i think hair is actually represents my identity represent the growth of my identity and what make me come become who i am so yeah if i listen to this song right now i think it's really represent who i am and how this gender expression of mine <laughs> really important to my life and myself so um What, how would you describe the way you experience gender? So back to the high school, I never thought that I would become a leave as a woman. I just really enjoy to, you know, just dress up like a woman or just a drag. However, at that time, there was no word drag exists in Thailand. Maybe there is, but it was not widely used. But I would, but I really love to be, you know, fashion queen, things like that. But when I started university and um, starting to have more and more transgender woman friends, and you know, they just, you know, suggest me maybe you try to do the medical transition, just take the birth control pill. So they said that, and it's very harmful. <laughs> it's is is not doctor prescription. Um, hormone therapy or anything like that. It's just Thai people just go into the pharmacy and buy a birth control pill and take it. And then your body is just starting to, you know, have more feminine or anything like that. And then I started to realize that this is really me. I really love myself <laughs> um, changing from the birth control pill, <laughs> which is the, the female... Um, hormone, right? Right. Just like take whatever has got estrogen in it and pump it in your body. I don't feel like that's like the medical right way to put to do it. Yeah, it was not right way at all. But it's more like um, a myth or the way that we done it for so long. And and at that time, people did not have any other um, worthy fives, no rate, no late, you know. So we just do whatever people tell us to do. And yeah, I just love myself. After I started, you know, a tiny medical transition, and then I started to wear a female costume. And at the time, I was very lucky. Um, was born with a good face feature. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I should just say this, but so I won the pages in the university. It's just like a, a faculty pages where they are a different, you know. Um, transgender or a queer person come on the stage and dress up wearing an evening gowns, things like that. So I won and I really living in the privilege of like beauty privilege for a while, 
yeah, and then I realized that my hair at that time really represents um, who I am. From what I've heard, um, like when we're talking about uh, primary, secondary uh, schools, the haircut is also a part of the uniform, right? You can only wear your hair in one specific way. And because of that, a lot of uh, students are, you know, literally just going, uh, growing their hair out because that would be the first time they would be able to yeah. go to a university. You'll see guys, girls and everyone else in like just with long hair because that would be the first time they'd be practically able allowed to do that, which just sounds like quite fun to me. Like everyone's just living their best hippie haircut life. Yeah, <laughs> true, true. Um, seemed like someone did a research. <laughs> so, um, yes, when I was in the primary, secondary school, especially if it's a Thai school, if it's not an international school, you have a certain uniform, male have a short and, you know, a white shirt, and women have a skirt and white shirt, and male have to cut their hair short. We, um, I think like American short haircut, I think. Right. Yeah, just, just just short hair. So if you are a queer student or a trans student coming out, even now you didn't have a chance to grow your hair. Maybe you can grow a little bit longer, just like a K-pop male singer, but you didn't have a chance to grow like a long hair. Right. Um, and even women, like in some school, they cannot dye their hair to be, you know to any color so that is why when we go to university you see a male growing a long hair a female dyed hair anything like that is is quite very common in thai how did you and, personally cope with having being required to wear a school uniform uh, so i think a queer student or maybe some people who identify as trans they have their way <laughs> Right. To just, you know, construct their identity throughout the existing gender role uniform. For example, I wear a short, right? I have to, you know, like um, put it higher to make it, the short, it's just like shorter to make me look right. like, oh, I'm wearing um, um, a short for a beach, things like that. <laughs> or some trans men, for example, they would like, uplift the the shoulders so they can show their arm their muscle things like that you know so they can show them more masculinity so yeah that's how we we did it in school but maybe it's even now but there are a movement that people like thai students want to you know go over the existing uniform but it's still in progress uh if we're talking about your your general high school or uh, your high school experience, like, was a term like "katay" already around at that point, and would would people still use it? And would have you reclaimed it at that point already? Like, would you already think that was a positive thing? I think that's maybe the only term I heard when I was young, until the, the internet became popular. The term "gay" started to emerge, and there was a movie called "Tut Tusi," right? So that's why the term tut started to started to be used in Thai. And maybe Tom D. Tom D is Tom is it's just like a Thai way we call lesbian, but 
it's more binary. Tom is from tomboy, you know, right. in that language, you make just like a female who have a masculine, but in Thai, it's more like um, masculine lesbian. But D is like, is from lady and is maybe like more feminine lesbian. So Tom D usually like are a couple together. Um, yeah, just this word. Um, gay Tom D, just a few of this word. There's no like LGBT anything like that. I never heard. Or even queer, never heard of that. Right. But no one would reclaim or no one would um, tell people that this word are you cannot use this word because this word will um, discriminate or make a people feel bad. No one ever talk about that in my school in my childhood. So I assume that at that time, people didn't aware about gender and sexual diversity in Thai much. You, uh, in the end, did an entire research paper on the word katoi. Do you mind giving like a, 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 a small little summary? Like what are, the, what are the conclusions for now? Yeah, because if I <laughs> do it long, it's going to be too much right yeah, so we've, i we've got an hour I, yeah. if you can keep it three minutes that would be great yeah i think in around the world the ambiguity or a gender neutral identity are existing all over the place whether it's in india like hitra third gender and also gato is one of the term actually gato would used to call anybody who was not categorized in male and female identity if you are female and you perform masculinity in previously, people used, used to call you um, gatoi. Since the term gay, lesbian, bisexual started, people starting to realize that each term have their fixed identity. So gay is just like a male dating another male. Lesbian is just like a woman, another woman. So gatoi have a smaller, smaller definition to like a term ladyboy. So gatoi started to be the term describing only a transgender woman in Thailand. And then the my study is just, you know, to explore the term gatoi, that is it gatoi is only just a feminine transgender woman person, but the fact is not. There are other spectrum within this term. Is it brief enough? <laughs> yeah, no, I feel like this is so interesting. Like, um, for you, you already mentioned the example, like uh, the the hishra in India, or uh, comparatively the varia in Indonesia. Uh, they are, you know, cultural groups that have existed before, but in Thailand, the word was actually there first. Ketui became was the word used before. Uh, people actually became aware of different gender identities, which sounds real backwards to me. Mm. Um, yeah, I could not give the real historical evidence about the term, but I think so in Thailand, we have the influence from, you know, Buddhist and also, um, what's it called? The uh, Indochina, you know, Indochina culture. So there is a term like Bandha, which is um, stating in the the Buddhist um, Bible that is mentioned to the intersect person, you know. So the term Gatoi is also um, embedded in the Indo-China culture. Like there are this quite similar term from Gatoi in Cambodia, Vietnam, things like that. So yeah, the 
these terms are already existing in in our Indochina region for so long. Right. Okay. I feel like we barely scratched the surface of this extremely fascinating subject, but with that, also feel like I'm already at capacity of learning about um, about Thai queer culture. I definitely feel like this would deserve an entire episode. But let's get back to that in good time. For now. Breathing by Ariana Grande. Some days things just take way too much of my energy. I look up and the whole room spinning. You take my cares away. I can so overcomplicate. People tell me to medicate. Feel my blood running. Breathing Ariana Grande, we've had uh, Whitney Houston, we've had Lady Gaga, we've had Ariana Grande. I feel like we went through three or four decades of divas by now, which I feel like is very on brand. And so um, explain light the story. Uh, why why did you pick Ariana for best life ex- uh, life experience? So after I realized, you know, transitioning and be- and leave my life as transgender woman or a woman. Um, I just living in the society where they're usually <laughs> reproducing this word a thousand times, like Thailand is a paradise of the LGBTQ community and maybe the, you know, a paradise for the people from all the country. And after I graduate, I realized that, you know, the paradise is not true at all <laughs> because, um, I, I faced the unfair discrimination in my university where they asked me to wear a uniform matching my bi- biological sex in the graduation ceremony because they just said that it's just um, something that we have done for so long. Right. <laughs> so that is why my activism started and we pushed this issue to the, to the chain.org, you know, and people in the university and all over Thailand 
gave the attention about this issue. Luckily, we we got a hand from, you know, um, nonprofit in Thailand help us to overcome this issue with the university. So we were the first group who are able to, you know, wear a uniform matching our transgender identity. And then my activism start. Um, I create a group called Young Pride Club. And is it the group of young people who are interested in gender equality and LGBT rights in Thailand in general? We organize Chiang Mai Pride. We produce some, you know, online contents. And we also join other activism group. So I chose this song because um, after the Pride, Chiang Mai Pride in 2019, we did like an after party event. And at the time, Chiang Mai was... Um, Congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> Chiang Mai was um, the world most, what is that called? The world worst air pollution in the world. Oh, yeah, right. I've seen that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I chose this song for the other party performance to, you know, just say to the Chiang Mai people to keep breathing, keep breathing in this city with the pollution, you know, it's kind of sarcastic. Sca- you know, show right, and yeah. that's how I combine between my activism with um, my pop queer culture, and and that was my favorite um, show of my life. Yeah. So um, this you performed this song at as like a, a in an act of political protest, like in a in a show, like hey, we deserve to breathe here. Uh, so let's, it's uh, I think the message is very clear. Um, so uh, the organization of Chiang Mai Pride, how did that how did that come about? Because you are like the or- original founder of Chiang Mai Pride, right? Um, maybe like yeah, uh, we can we can actually say that. But okay, give some brief history about Chiang Mai Pride. So we used to organize it in two thousand eight and two thousand nine, and because two thousand nine at that time there were a political climate. You may heard of like yellow shirt, red shirt, things like that. And the the pride parade was was mislead by one of the political group, thinking that um, Chiang Mai Pride was organized to oppose the political group. Um, so they shut down the the pride, and there was a guy say that you cannot organize pride for two thousand year because it violated the um culture of Chiang Mai or a long history of Chiang Mai things like that and that is why at the same day that they shut down the the pride in 2009 we want to do the Chiang Mai pride in 2019 it's just like the 10 year anniversary of um, of the shutdown we were the group of the young people who was like you know we organized the event like a women night movie night and gender talk and why don't we create a pride we just want to walk down the street and then we realize this history that we ever heard before that and we think that this is a really great milestone to do it so yeah we we just a new generation of the founding member of the Chiang Mai pride that's so powerful it's like okay you know what they shut us down so long ago it's about time we stick our heads back up shown that we have been silenced for a bit but we are not defeated i think it's very powerful and i'm glad you uh you took the initiative so is there a extra 
um, level of like how how high is the threshold to start a pride um, in 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 Chiang Mai? Because from what I remember, like uh, from 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 what I've seen, the government doesn't take too kindly to protesters or you know people out in the streets. Yeah, true. So true. So, <laughs> oh my God, you don't need to dig down to the to the political climate of Thailand for now. But I just feel like the the government in general are are very hard to you know organize anything by the civil society or if you are a citizen. <laughs> so we have to you know ask the permission to you know have the venue, ask the permission to do. The parade on the street, and it took a very like a thousand time talking, go back and forth from this organization to another organization to another authority, things like that. And the people was not hard. The government is more hard because they just worry about music, worry about voice, worry about mobilizing people. And we're done it great because we had a good team. Where there were one of the lawyer in our team, there were one of the organizer of the women march in Chiang Mai, which is um, they organize the the march every year, so they know which street they can organize. So we are so lucky that we have them in our team to to you know compete with the government. Right. <laughs> um, but the people are very nice. I think. The reason that we think it's ready for Chiang Mai to have Chiang Mai Pride again because um, the young generation are very enthusiastic to have the Pride. Secondly, Chiang Mai is one of the biggest hub of the digital nomad, of the traveler. So the big international community there are very supportive, not just the participant, but in terms of funding, in terms of donation, in terms of the, you know, anything. And last part is that that time in 2009, the civil um, organization or LGBT organization was not strong. There, there is no much resource at that time. But in this, you know, 2019, yeah, they, they, they have a foundation, they have a resource, they have an international funder. So it was the right time that we can make it happen. Between uh, everything we've talked about, you know, your your activism, your academia, like uh, organizing Chiang Mai Pride, the climate activism with, uh, you know, with the air pollution situation in Chiang Mai. How do you combine it all? Isn't it tiring? It sounds trying and it's very sound complicated. I would not say that it's not tiring, but I think the alternative way to put this is that because the civil society or civil society organization are very small and maybe lack of resource and lack of support from the government. That is why we have to come together and help support each other movement. So, for example, I organized Young My Pride. There were a group from the environment um, movement, sex worker movement, women rights movement supporting Chiang Mai Pride. When they organize Women March, we joined them too. When they organize the climate change movement in Chiang Mai, we join them too. So we create a bond and a great relationship of the civil, you know, um, what's it called, nonprofit organization in Chiang Mai or in Thailand to help each other organize things. And that makes me, you know, can put many things at the same time. So yeah, there is like power and solidarity 
Amazing. Um, we've already confirmed before that you get the energy to do all this by waking up to the Beyonce homecoming fanfare. Uh, fanfare. But when you get when you get back home from a long day of academic research and activism, how do you take care of yourself? And more importantly, what 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 soundtrack does that have? Hmm. Interesting. Oh my god, I cannot think of that. But I think it just you know. Pop culture in general, maybe Mariah Carey, <laughs> more divas. Yeah, because I I addressed Whitney Houston earlier. Maybe I need to address her. <laughs> so yeah, um, just um diva music in general, and I think right now I I started to aware that Thai music have you know have aware about. The gender equality and LGBT rights more and more, which is a very um, good chance for me to put some of the Thai music to to my list. And that's a very nice segue into our last track for today. Um, yeah, <laughs> thank you for that. Uh, so um, I've, you've you've listed two options here. Um, are you going to talk about why you want to pick this artist specifically first? Or are we going to talk about this, the, the, the songs? Have you made up your mind which one of the two is going to be yet? I think I'm going to choose the, the first one about not relationship. What is that called? The first one, yeah. Not the, the change one. So the artist I chose is a, is a band. Originally, they are from Chiang Mai. And I hope and I guess that they are from Chiang Mai University as well. Maybe not, <laughs> but yeah, the song are about we don't need to define what relationship of our is. So it's giving the song released long time ago, like maybe ten years or fifteen years, and no one aware about the queer issue at the time. But when I listen to this song right now in this time, it's really giving me such a postmodern feeling. Will of go over the definition of any relationship in general right now. And it's, it's quite related to my academia when I, I realized that transgender women don't need to date just a man. We can, <laughs> we can date a female, we can date another transgender woman, we can date uh, another gay person. But because these transgender women who have a different sexuality have less visibility in Thailand, so, yeah, I devote this song to all of the queer people. Um, you said the first one. That's the one with the longer title, right? Yes. <laughs> all right. Yeah, I mean, I'd, 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 I'd love to just go on the, the song title that you said, but um, it, my tie isn't great, as we established at the very tippy top of this episode. Either way, uh, it's a band called ETC. Um, what's the title? Um. Okay, so the the name is like Mai Tong So Mai Tong is mean like you don't need to know and Rao is like how we have our relationship. So it's mean like we don't need to know how we have our relationship, things like that. All right. Um that's uh yeah, sometimes you don't need to know and everything's just gonna be fine. With all of the academic stuff and everything that we're doing to secure our to secure our safety, to like give us to fight for our rights and 
provide a decent living for ourselves in the future. Sometimes you just can sit back because you don't need to know. Uh, with that said, um, this is the end of the episode uh, for today. Thank you so much again for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast, you can support it financially through patreon.com slash queer sounds. You can uh, send us your regards through at queer sounds pod on Twitter, Instagram, and Tumblr. If you like the show but you don't want support financially, go ahead and tell a friend because I'm in a series of uh, French suggestions when it comes to episodes. Um, yeah, sometimes it just kind of goes that way. Either way, thanks again for listening and best thank you very much for coming on the show. Here's our final track by ETC. Hey, hey, hey.